The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Uh, greetings to the Capital Weekly Podcast. I'm joined today by Tim Foster. Hello. And our special, extra special guest today, Samantha Gallegos. Hello. Believe it or not, was a former intern at Capital Weekly, a former full-time staffer at Capital Weekly. Then she went to television. Then she went into the building and did some TV and stuff now. And you mm-hmm. are communications director for... Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez of the 80th Assembly District, uh, the southernmost district in the state, <laughs> down in San Diego. Despite that checkered pass, she came out okay, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, thanks for being here today. Uh, so you were a journalist getting people to quote, uh, getting quotes for stories. And you saw yourself, Tim was mentioning, you saw yourself the other day uh, you read yourself the other day in a story quoted for a story some other reporter was doing. So how'd that feel? So I, someone was anticipating it because the reporter had DM'd me on Twitter. <laughs> it's funny, I'm super comfortable with reporters because I come from that world. Yeah. Uh, and I had exchanged comments with him in DM before over my boss. Um, he had saw my tweet about um, another colleague of ours in the assembly who dressed up as a prop for a bill, Receipt Man. <laughs> Hashtag Receipt Man. And I uh, wait, wait. tweeted about this. Receipt Man? We'll talk about that John, later. John, where have you been? <laughs> Come on, John. This is like 48 hours It's a very old. long paper receipt. It's, very, it's CBS receipts. Um, and I just tweeted about this uh, image, you know, on, a Cal, on the Cal channel. It was a funny little screenshot. Uh, and he had saw that tweet, thought it was hilarious. He's yeah. down in San Diego. Didn't really realize there's this hashtag Cal Ledge Twitter thing and all these funny jokes that we put out there. Um, and DM'd me, asked me more info on what was going on. Um, and then he decided to actually feature my tweet in the story, which I didn't even realize until um, my my coworker had said, Sammy, you're in this story. <laughs> and it was uh, pretty funny because I know back when we were, when I worked in yeah. the journalism side of things, staff really try hard to not be included in pieces. That's like our job is to highlight our boss and not be... Though this was a silly thing, it wasn't like one of her bills I was speaking on, and yeah. it wasn't. And she, I don't even think she even realized it or even cares. Um, Did your comment so, go then from from your tweet directly to something he put up? But he didn't call you in advance, say, "Hey." Oh yeah, no, this is 2019, John. Okay. And you put it on that public forum. It is out there for everyone to use. And that's fine because I, you know, and I worked in. Did digital a lot. I did digital here, and then I did some yeah. digital stuff at ABC Ten. So when I was writing digital stories, I would totally grab stuff from Twitter. If it's a if it's a tweet out there in the public, that is up for game. Yeah. Um. I I had a feeling he might have embedded my tweet, but he actually did just like quote me saying Sammy or Samantha. He's my full name. I feel so weird about seeing my full name, John. I know you call me by my full name because you just, you're just, you know, you know me from way back when. But uh, yeah, so he said, Samantha Gallegos, Assemblywoman Gonzalez's communications director tweeted. I'm like, okay, that's, well, that's cool. Like, I finally get to see my name in print on the other side of things, and that's what I get quoted. Okay. So do you, do you do a lot of social media? I mean, it's part I of do. your job. Is I that- do. Yeah. Well, what's great with the Assemblywoman that I work for is she's, She's got a voice and a brand, and really, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of there to help out with the digital footprint that she makes. Uh-huh. She controls her own. She has a giant Twitter. digital footprint. Oh yeah, <laughs> Big oh foot yeah. Or, you know, so, so she like her Twitter is fire. Like she is awesome. But little things like the state website, like the website hadn't been updated for about a year when I started. So yeah. I went through and like updated a bunch of the content there. Um, the state of fit the official state Twitter handle is controlled by the office, and there was like you know tweets being put out in some system to it. But I've 
kind of taken that over and just generate more content. It's more, you know, they have somebody now focused on put, putting stuff out there on that yeah. platform. I'm also able to go through video and cut clips and add captions. I know all the like rules to how do yeah, you yeah. create multimedia elements um, that are ADA compliant. So that's like an office by office thing. It's not like there's one uh, Twitter maestro for the assembly that. So. When I first switched, you missed over, the head wiggle on that part. Oh, like, so, by the way, there is in the house hair flip. When you when you talk to people, you know, in the house, you want to talk to somebody. They always give you the same people that are like answering for the caucus or the oh, conference. Really? Or, yeah, at least that's been my experience. So you have more autonomy, maybe. There than is. I think that you know our speaker really strongly believes in allowing members to you know have their own voice, be yeah. autonomous. So, but previously there was this. Uh, there's this outfit. For many years called the speaker's office of member services and yeah. now that's the democratic office of communications and outreach and that is the office that i first started in when i made the flip from journalism to um the quote unquote dark side <laughs> but we uh, don't use quotes we don't use quotes. <laughs> <laughs> and the new office is called doco right that's dco so doco <laughs> is actually a downtown common sacrament the city of sacramento took that from us God, i was trying to be it. Clever. I Stop that. Stop confusing the public. And the sad John. part is no one actually says Doko. It's just like yeah. the only if you could tell it's coming from a communications flack if the phrase Doko is used. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Everyone right. else yeah. says downtown or K Street or near the Yeah. Like anyway, I but I digress. I don't know. I, I well that's for another podcast. Uh, as John Myers would say. And so that office, DCO, does provide communications assistance for all members. Yeah. Um and so in that office, I would help out with creating, like we had a podcast that we just rolled out um, back when I was in that office that year, last year. Uh, we do social media videos for offices that request them. We cover their press conferences um, whenever they request it, photography services, uh, print products, mailers, which I've always just been weirdly obsessed with since I was with a the kid. Mailers. I love oh. mailers. Um, <laughs> and so we would produce those social media graphics. Have you ever received any mailers in the mail? You might not be that obsessed with me oh my gosh oh john every year during elections which i well every other year i hold on to every single mailer i get and then before i vote i look through all my mailers and i don't know why but this is a weird tradition that i have i knew you were odd and unique but i didn't know you were that odd i'm very very no that's a very good that's like that's Alex Vassar level. I, that's why I love Alex Vassar. No, um, he that's a journalistic it. tradition. There are lots of reporters who, uh, political reporters. Looking anyway. for the possible copy of errors. Like, of things. It's yeah. fun. And then yeah. actually this last election, I got to work on assembly campaign mail. Yeah. You have no idea like how much heaven I was in just collecting <laughs> all these like freshly printed mail pieces. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. Did, um, did, now, did you work? You work with Pablo, right? I did work with Pablo in DCO. Yeah. So that was um, he was Pablo Espinosa. So Pablo Espinosa has been in that office for a, a great, a long amount of time, and he's kind of shaped it to be that service for these members um, and make it more agile to the needs as they as these years go on and technology changes. That's kind of what that office is trying to do. That's why they tra transitioned from that title Soames to DCO. So it was great to be in there for that year. Um, and get a sense of where, how I could use them and how offices were kind of not understanding the best ways to use them. Um, and then we gained like eight members in this election. And so yeah. they are incredibly busy. But uh, I come into now the assembly office with that background, with an understanding of who Lorena is. I mean, I started with you guys at Capital Weekly when she first won her special election. So I've... Wow, been that I know. So I've been following her and aware of, you know, her voice and what she believes in since that time and like what you said when I first started in the office Tim mm -hmm. that she's kind of somebody that I've always been similar with in terms of like where we stand on yeah. progressive issues so it was great to go in there and be able to kind of learn her voice 
and fight with somebody that's like not fight with but fight for somebody who believes in all the things that I strongly believe in too. So it makes producing content well, that, easy. That kind of ties into your so the reason you left journalism. You can you do you want to get into that cuz you've talked about that with us but Yeah. You know. So I I mean gosh, for my entire life I've been obsessed with news, politics particularly and I really made the connection between the two when I started school and went to Sac State, took a media studies class and realized it was my obsession with news that made me so obsessed with politics. Um, and I wanted to pursue political journalism because of that and make that information easy for the rest of the public to understand um, or exciting, engaging, make them want to learn. Um, and then I went over into TV to get a better sense of t- digital stuff. It, it's, I loved Sac State, but one thing that really it lacked at the time was multimedia resources. I was so lucky to have a, to take the broadcasting class, the writing class, that when John Myers was teaching it. Because um, that's what helped me get my foot in the door at ABC Tech. And later you interned with him. Is I that did. Right? Yes, I interned with him before I actually interned here at Capital Weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why when I was then, with, that's why they headhunted me later on, <laughs> ABC 10 from Capital Weekly, because they knew I'd been there and I was good at covering politics and they kind of just needed somebody like that on the digital team. So they hired so, you because you were at Capital Weekly, not in spite of the fact that you were at Capital Weekly? Oh, no, no, it was, it was because I was at Capital Weekly. Those <laughs> okay. tweets, they just loved it. Um, and so went over there. I had a great time, but I just, you know, for a long time, was tur- like a lot of my pitches would get turned down. They would tell me those are things that aren't going to get clicked. We were, was, while I was in there, the newsroom's decision-making was being determined by the metrics we saw online. And I was on the digital team. So, of course, I was in this weird place where I believed in that because it emphasized the importance of our little team, like our little digital team. But I also was getting my wonky or I thought not even just wonky, but important story pitches declined or passed on because, oh, well, how is this going to be trending online? Or how can you make this more sensational to get clicks? Like, and I'm not saying that happens in every newsroom. Every newsrooms are all different across the board in different industries, in different localities. And that is like one local newsroom in this one part of the state and the city. And they were also, in terms of the company, going through a bunch of changes. So that just was... So the result of that probably was you get more stories or more that you're retweeting would be healthcare stuff, automobile accidents. Oh, not um, even... Kardashians. Kardashians. Not even local (laughs) issues. Just like weird, like um, sensational stories that are viral online at different cities. Like weird stuff. And so that, you know, I could handle that for a while. I have to say that's fun. And I could handle it for a while, seeing the metrics go up and seeing all this (laughs) stuff. It was exciting. But then when Donald Trump came into the picture... It was just like, no, I really can't be part of the, like, I... You were having difficulty maintaining your nonpartisan stance? Oh, absolutely. And I knew that what I was wanting to post on, there was many times that I would write a post online and just delete it. And I knew I couldn't have a voice or see something I wanted to retweet and felt like I couldn't retweet it because I'm a journalist and therefore may not have opinions. I know that that's like a weird area right now because, um... The term branding is so important to everybody. And even these journalists now think that they need to develop their own brand and go out there with their own opinions on things on Twitter. And I just find that to not be helpful for anything other than like self-promotion. Um, and I don't think which you is go, the whole point. Uh, right, it is, and I don't think you should go into journalism to self promote. I think it's a public service. I'm from I'm a, I'm a daughter of two public servants. Like I, that's why I went into journalism. Uh, and so I just felt like I wasn't fulfilling the mission that I had set out for, and. And then with Trump, I just knew, like, I need to be, in four years, if I'm not out there knocking on doors, promoting a, an alternative to this, like, crazy person, then I will, and if I'm still behind the desk of a computer helping assist with the live stream of his next speech, I'm just going to be 
like completely diverted from my mission. Like, what am I doing at that point? Have you done campaigns? Have you ever worked on a campaign? So last year was my first time. Oh, you did? Okay. Uh, yes. And it was so funny telling everybody. So this is my first time doing campaigns. GOTV weekend, I went out to Bakersfield to knock on doors for Rudy cool. Salas. And that was my first time ever door knocking. And everybody was like, this is your first, first time doing this? And I was like... I've been a journalist, guys. You're not allowed to, like, even sign petitions. Like, there's rules. But that was so fun. John told me I couldn't have a bumper sticker yeah. on my car. Oh, my God. Not even a bumper sticker. Nope. I mean, I've got three of them now, though. But I think I brought, like, an old, like, campaign thing in one time. And you're like, you know, you're not really supposed to have that kind of stuff as a <laughs> journalist. And I'm just like, Although, it, wait, if I remember right, you did have an Elizabeth Warren I still have that Elizabeth Warren above, sticker. It was above I your desk. It. I do have it above my That's desk right, right now. <laughs> Same stickers. <laughs> Um, and I also have a Julian Castro button. I'm waiting for Buttigieg to put out some buttons. I don't need a shirt. Um, I don't. I'm not picking any like person yet, but it's just. Well, that was gonna. That was gonna respond? be my kicker at the end. Was who's your pick? <laughs> how, okay. do they, how do they respond to you then when you go up and you knock on the door? I mean, do you get favorable response generally? So GOTV, or? I feel like was like the the soft start. Like it was like GOTV. You're already going doors to people that you know are Democrats or could be supporters. Okay. So it wasn't too like anything big i'm excited for this next go around i do want to go to some like i'm from the central valley so yeah, i would love to door knock in nunez district really that's where my family like i have okay. family uh, in fresno like dressed as a cow maybe? oh my gosh that i would be that i would totally do that that would be <laughs> so great um get so a hardcore fun. republican district and go knock on doors i can oh, see heck you yeah. yeah oh heck yes but did yeah. you learn anything um about social media when you now that you know now about social media that was sort of a surprise to you you kind of talked about this but sort of a surprise to you that that you didn't realize before about the social media maybe it's more powerful than you thought it was or maybe it's more so, trivial than you thought it was i really noticed the power of social media and politics when sanders all of a sudden became relevant to the lives of my friends who had never followed politics and i've oh, known yeah. him, you know i know and i just have known who he is my entire life but feel the burn hashtag became this huge thing <laughs> oh, this like graphic is, of his face became this iconic symbol and around that time and even before that i knew obama made this huge imprint on facebook and was able to reach a lot of people through that medium but I was able to kind of really captivate, okay, how can I use social media yeah. and make sure that I'm projecting the right voice for whoever is working, I'm working with. Uh, and so at that time, I, you know, when I started in Lorena's office, for example, my big, my first thing, I luckily started when we were on a winter kind of break-ish, mm -hmm. not really a break, we still had to work, but things are a little quieter in the building. Yeah. I was able to get started on a design palette for her, colors, branding elements, oh, wow. font, like talking, thinking about and all the And the feel the guns uh, hashtag? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. We're still working on the hashtag. But uh, like Go Fletch, Go Fletch was the, the hashtag, but now we don't use Fletcher in professional settings, so. Uh -huh. Do you use um, uh, Facebook? more yes. than other things or twitter more so than other things so i really my my thing that i'm trying to understand better is how to use like youtube better for mm -hmm. her i uh, i don't think that offices realize i don't think many people realize the just why youtube is so important and why you even though you're not a there are videos being produced of her like there's elements that we could put on youtube why not do that uh -huh, that's yeah. a it's and and four years down the line, we're going to be so happy that we have this like wealth of video on YouTube where 90% of the American audience is getting their information or getting their entertainment from. And, you know, I just think that that's been a big focus of me, but I'm still not figuring out how to use it the best. I did start a Facebook page for us. Uh -huh. um, I'm still, I'm never going to pay to play. I'm really questionable about sponsored ads on Facebook. I don't trust really a lot of the, the, the Can you block those? Stuff. How does that work? Can you block ads on Facebook? Or I mean, if sponsored. you see if you see an ad that you don't like, you could say, "I don't want to see this ad anymore." Yeah. You can't just randomly block an ad. I mean, you could block 
suppose you could block a page, but it, you, know, yeah. you probably would just never encounter it. But uh, but yeah, you can't randomly just say, I never want to see any ads. And Facebook's getting a lot of... Um, they're getting in a lot of trouble with the way in which that they're they allow users to create their ads and who they can yeah. target because uh -huh. sometimes those ads are for jobs and you're not allowed to discriminate when you're putting out job oh, yeah, ads. Oh sure. yeah. Uh, so I, I I use Facebook. I convinced her to let me create a state Facebook page. I see the value in a Facebook page for constituents. Um, I see the value in having Twitter for media outreach. Um, for YouTube, I see it as having actual longevity for her her name and her brand if she ever wants, and she will want to continue and do something else yeah. down the line. Wait, so are you saying she's going to be the fourth woman running for governor in uh, seven years? So. We'll see. I mean, she'll definitely <laughs> be Secretary of State by that time. So, I mean, like. How do, um, how do constituents typically get in touch with your boss, I mean, is it emails? It's mostly digital. Is it? You oh, still get paper snail mails, or we do get letters sometimes. They do. We get tons of calls in the district office. I'm lucky that in the position I'm in, like I've got to visit the district office quite a number of times already, and they are always getting calls from constituents dealing with casework, uh -huh. um, even dealing with like constituents of other lawmakers. If they don't know how to get a hold of the right lawmaker, they'll help them. Uh, we get. She is so responsive on Twitter and on on Facebook. She has like a bunch of friends on Facebook. Her constituents can comment and message her there. Uh -huh. She takes every meeting. <laughs> like she is so open and accessible. So there's a variety of ways in which the constituents uh, get a hold of us. And I've definitely picked up a few calls. Does she do her own tweeting and all that stuff? On or? her Lorena Escanzala's account. She does do she all does of that own. herself. Okay. Yeah. And Which me, you can really tell, actually. Oh, yeah. And I enjoy it. When I first was getting into the job, people were like, oh, my gosh, like, are you worried about, you know, managing what what might come out of the Twitter? And I'm like, no, I'm not worried. What do you mean worried? That's going to amplify things. Awesome. <laughs> let, it, like, let it do whatever. I just like to make it, you know, look nice if I can and help give her a graphic or something. Um, but, yeah. Do you have any um, particular problems with, with reporters or the press? I mean, dealing with the press. Now you're dealing on the other side. So, um, how's it going dealing with reporters? Oh, it's fun. I'm, I understand what reporters need and why they're asking for stuff. And so, when they ask me for something I know they don't need, I'm not afraid to be like, you don't need that. Uh, so, sometimes, like, I've had somebody ask for her age, and I'm like, why? Like, you don't need... I've what read... Why? Well, why no. Not? Well, I've read this reporter's, like, all of their pieces. I know how they write. I know they never include age in any of their stories. And so I ask why. And they say, oh, I, I always include... I'm like, no, you don't. I've read... I read that story. You didn't include it. Yeah, uh, well, you're a aggressive little wench. I, I know. Mean. I like. I wonder what office I got started in that caused me to have this behavior, John it's Howard. All, it's all online anyway, right? I mean, isn't it? If I, I think if I do your boy in the old days, Statenet had all of that. You yeah. know, in the in absolutely. The uh, I think, has got it too. The date of birth and that. Yeah, so. and it's just one so. of those things. They're just young and they don't know like how yeah. to find those things. And it's like honestly. Don't put me in the position to tell you that. Like, I'm not going to tell you that, especially if I don't think that you actually... What's her like, astrological sign? Like, <laughs> of course, yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, you're not the New York Times. Um, but get, most of the calls, um, or some of the calls you get about her legislation specifically, uh -huh. or do they ask you for her view on a larger subject in the Capitol? Maybe it's death penalty, maybe it's health We've gotten that. So it's, you know, we did an early on, uh, kind of, it was almost like an Ed Board type of meeting with the LA Times, but it was more just like a casual chit chat yeah. as, as Myers will say um and they talked about all of those things and she's not afraid of touching on any subject you know mm -hmm. she knows that she's elected to to be a leader and have us and have a voice and say things and and you know and hear from her constituents if they don't agree and yeah. talk to them about why there's a difference in those perspectives um 
but you know it, yeah that's so she has had to pontificate on like really wider subject matters and issues and i think that's why people enjoy her and come to us for her comment like i'm so incredibly busy all the time fielding media calls because they know that she will actually give oh, them, she's quotable She's quotable, and yeah. she's not. She, I'm not filtering her. Nobody's filtering her. I just facilitate. I ask her, "Hey, do you have a time?" <coughs> the only time that we, I don't, I, I don't think we've ever not taken a media call yet. And the only time it's because we couldn't make a deadline. We can fix that too. <laughs> because she's so busy. Like I said, yeah. she takes every single me- meeting. Um, but you know, it's mm-hmm. it's fun. I enjoy it. Well, I would think if she has one key issue right now, it's the diaper thing. Is that right? Is that still true? She diapers is. Long been an issue, a key issue for her, uh, just as a work. I mean, mom. I'm thinking the one thing that maybe she'd be best known for. You would know that better than oh, me. Oh, I think I think that voting bills, if people really, um, I think because early on that that has, for the long run, you know, she's now six years into the seat. So for a long wow. time, it's, I know, I know, it's so <laughs> it's wild. Um, and so, but, but for the last, I would say, what, like last four or three years, it's really been the voting issues. Hmm. The voting, she's the one that made it so, you know, we could all get a mail-in ballot. Um, we could uh, all get our stamps covered. She's the one that voted that created that bill. She early on took on lowering the voting age to 16. I believe she took on 16 and and then 17. Now Evan Lowe's got that bill and she's on co-author of it. Um, and now she's also trying to expand weekend voting, make it so folks when they're busy and working they can go on Saturday Sunday to drop off their ballot at a registrar or at the voting center or poll place that's open at that time. Um, she's also trying to make it so we have a process for teaching high school kids what it takes to actually be a registered voter and what a ballot looks like in your area. And, you know, different civics education is now something she's also focused on. And, oh man, there was another, she has like a third voting bill and it's already escaping me. But she's constant, that's why she's taking on this next position of Secretary of State or looking to take, is moving towards that direction because, you know, one of her earliest, one of her early stories that she's always said is she would, organize and help out registering people to vote when she was what like 14 when she was really young she was doing that so Hmm. voting is more of her biggest um thing oh and uh motor voter making that automatic when you go to the dmv Mm -hmm. that's all her wow yeah one one of the issues at the secretary of state right now which maybe you know she's thought about but one of the issues is modernizing a lot of the reporting sections yeah. of the Secretary of State's website. And the ones we look at the most are Cal Access. We look at the, as you do, you know, and did. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, lobbying directory, uh, the campaign contributions, lobbying, spending, and donations, all that kind of thing. They want to upgrade that. They've been talking about that forever. Yeah. And I don't know, is that something that... I haven't heard her talk about that, but I know that that's... I mean, she's aware of how bad that and how bad that is i think we all are but i know i saw a tweet recently from like jeremy white and i loved it and he said compared to other states honestly cal access is like a ferrari uh-huh. uh which is kind of just devastating when you think about it it's like oh my god but it's up to this california department of technology i think all of these issues i don't know and i know the governor is like working on fixing that but i have no i have i am not privy to where all that is right now but i can tell you i i would i wish it was more user-friendly and usable well maybe that's a topic for another podcast so samantha gallegos thank you very much thank you guys (laughs) thank you very much thank you very much and this is john howard and we will see you next time around thank you